Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, I can't express enough that I did in yesterday's Woke Wednesday what a existential crisis of humanity we are in and experiencing right now. And every week, I and we collectively have the pleasure of welcoming in conversation by Jonathan Metzl. And today's conversation is really hard and is really heavy and is really necessary because the only way that we're going to get through this is by being in conversation and connecting outside of the manipulation and propaganda that is being souped up and fed to us on all channels and in all spaces. And that is why I am calling for our collective humanity, our collective knowing, our collective care in this moment, because this is not a game. This is about us as people, as humans, what is happening right now that is being manipulated by governments that have agendas of hate, fueled by greed. So we are in one of the most existential crises that we have experienced in modern time. So I encourage you to listen with an open mind and an open heart to the conversation that Jonathan and I have in this episode. I also encourage all of you to share it. I never really ask anyone to listen to the show and share with your friends and do all of those things, but I will say between yesterday's Woke Wednesday and today, I do actually urge you 
if you have been moved, if you have been stirred, if you want to create room and space for conversation and connection, do share them on whatever platforms you have. Text them to friends and colleagues. We need connection, we need conversation, and we need to understand now more than ever our shared humanity. Coming up next, my conversation with our friend and in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzl. Folks, um, you know that whenever we have the opportunity to speak with our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzl, I am always thrilled. Um, This week, however, is probably one of the heaviest weeks. And I mean, that's saying a lot um, for what we have been engaging and how we have been engaging in conversation with you, Jonathan, over the last few years. Um, I sent you, I sent a text this morning because I, there is a, 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 I guess, a tweet that is going around heavily on Instagram that I wanted to discuss with you, Jonathan, as soon as I saw it, actually. And folks, it's from uh, Kate Kelly, um, at Kate underscore Kelly underscore Esquire, ESQ. And this is what it reads. And it was reposted on Heavy Discussion on Instagram. The modern phenomenon of watching war in real time on screens, as if we're watching a soccer match and fighting with other people online about which side we support, like it's a fandom, is devastatingly dehumanizing. And Jonathan, I wanted to get your reaction to that post um, in particular because it really struck me as probably for me one of the most honest posts that I have seen about what we're experiencing right now. So I want to get your reaction. <sighs> You know, I agree. This is the hardest week. This is the hardest week we've had. Even when the pandemic was the worst, it just feels like the stakes are so incredibly high right now. And so I've been looking forward all week, honestly, to our conversation. Um, and for a lot of people on all sides of this, this is personal. I mean, for me, this is very personal, right? My relatives escaped the gas chamber and, um, you know, the ones who did um, ended up uh, in in Israel at the time. And so I have a lot of relatives and, and who are very personally affected by this. It's, it's a very personal issue for a lot of people, but it also is the risk of this right, right now. I, I remember when I was doing my research on COVID and there was a phrase that was... Um, I can't remember who coined it, but it was called a polarizing crisis, a modern polarizing crisis that what that happened with COVID was that everybody was fucking scared, excuse me, to death, right? Here's this thing that's killing us. Um, so everybody was feeling vulnerable in a different way. Like how could, how could this be happening in our quote unquote civilized world that there's a bug we can't control that's killing us. But instead of coming together in shared humanity at that time, there were a couple of things that happened. Number one was that there were probably underlying divisions uh, between people about how they thought about the government, how they thought about safety, how they thought about factors like that. But those divisions then 
were enhanced and manipulated by unseen actors uh, in a way that made them identity issues to the point where um, seeming allies were all of a sudden on different sides. Uh, so all of a sudden we were fighting with each other about mortality, about really real mortality. And this was manipulated by social media. There were um, bot farms that were working on this, all this kind of thing. And so in a way, the argument was that COVID was the perfect polarizing crisis because everybody felt it really deeply. Everybody had some association, some kind of somatic association, but then their response told them that the problem was people who were their allies. And I think the important point about that was who is served by dividing up people who are seemingly allies. <clears throat> Read Jason Stanley's book about, about fascism. Um, a divided opposition is what leads to the conditions that, that, that let fascism um, rise, right? That if you divide the opposition and just not just divide, but a convince them that they hate each other about life and death the, the death factors, um, you're going to have a fractured opposition, which paves the way for, for fascism to take over. And I feel like in a way what's been happening over the past week, um, just looking on social media, which is obviously being manipulated in all these kind of ways, but all these posts about people saying, I thought you were my ally and you're not, or we marched with you in Selma and this is what we get, or... Um, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm, it just seems like in a way what's happening now is a, fr a fracturing. It's also a real tragedy, right? I've, I have people who are being held hostage right now and, 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 and many people do. Um, and there, many of us have been working before all of this to, try to end the occupation and all these things. Like it's, it's very, very personal for a lot of people. Um, but, but the idea of either you're on one side or another and we're fractured, um, it's like, how do you fight back against that? Right. Because yeah. the issue is, um, the issue is it's a real issue and maybe it's a real division, but what's going to happen is an outcome that is going to, um, it's going to strengthen the forces that we've been fighting against forever. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot 
to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. First, Jonathan, like, my heart goes out to you, to your family, um, to so many people. I struggled to post um, and realized that as I read that post and have read it a couple of times, that what I struggle with in this moment is exactly what you said, is that there is, there are forces that are at play to disconnect and divide all of us from our shared humanity. And for me, who does not have a personal stake in what is happening, I have a emotional and soulful and human stake in what is happening and unfolding. And I think that there are some that feel guilt because they are not directly impacted and connected. And then there are others that are trying to understand, well, why am I breaking down? Why am I crying? Why do I feel so weighted in this moment watching this unfold? And it's because we are human. And because when you are witnessing such dehumanization, such grief, um, and it being accelerated and exacerbated by political forces and greed and racism and bigotry and all of these things, and everything feels accelerated at this moment. Um, I think that we are in a real global struggle for our collective humanity. And I think that we have been right for you know for the last several years that we've watched whether it's in the United States whether it's in Russia whether it's in Italy whether it's in Turkey we've watched forces rise that want to do absolutely no good in this world and so i i guess you know how do people you know how do you work through these emotions when I will tell you for me, and this is going to be quite controversial for me, I struggled when I saw cities light up with the Israeli flag because it felt like there was a collective side that nation states were taking. When I said to myself, and I said this in a post, what is the human flag? What is the color of humanity right now um, that we should be broadcasting and lifting up? Um, and that's the struggle of where I am. I mean, you know, the two, I'll, I'm going to say something about that because I'm feeling the same way in, in many ways. Um, you know, the, the problem is that the choices we're given right now, in other words, like 
the choice, the, the possibility that Hezbollah is going to invade from the uh, from from the north, and um, there's going to be action over Golan, and there's going to be like a real fight for the future of a country, and then all these people saying, "Well, the great, this is the end of Israel." Well, where are the ten million people going to go? Who or five million people are going to go? Um, what's your plan for that? And so it feels like an existential fight for like, you know, a week ago, it was kind of like, how can we create alliances with people to ensure regional stability? And now it's like, is this country and the people who live there going to survive? And so I think that the question is, how do you express that? Now, that's a really real fear for a lot of people who are Jewish, who have been fighting against, I mean, for me, I'll just say like Netanyahu is like the Pol Pot of our era. Like he's a war criminal and he's, um, you know, insane. And, but, 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 it, but for me fighting against Netanyahu wasn't also saying all my relatives and the people I care about should be pushed into the sea or something like that. So it feels very existential. And I guess at this one moment, it becomes like, we want this nation to survive. We want at least the people who live there to survive. And that's how it's just kind of expressed. It's it's almost epigenetic for a lot of us um, that, that this is the fight that we've been brought up with because it's kind of like for all these people who are saying on social media, well, this is a, I never thought I'd see my dream of the end of Israel. Like what's your plan for where the people are going to go, right? Which is ties back to the period after the Holocaust when people didn't have any place to go or during the Holocaust and stuff like that. So it just feels very deep for a lot of us, honestly. Um, and I would love, and the problem is, um, the problem is that all of our interactions are being mediated by a platform that's owned by Elon Musk and manipulated yep. by the Russians and stuff like that. So the possibility of having a real conversation about humanity is being manipulated. Like we're being actually pitted against each other right now in a certain kind of way. And in a way to get heard, you've got to do this. It's one thing or another or something like that. Like, I don't know what, think of all the stuff we didn't see on social media, which talked about shared humanity, but that's going to get one retweet in the algorithm that is being funded by Elon Musk. And so yep. Yep. the problem is that then you see this thing a flip side, for example, is the horrifically ill-advised Black Lives Matter of Chicago um, uh, um, depiction of a of a paraglider with a Palestinian flag. You know, the paragliders who went in and killed the people at the rave. And so all of a sudden people were like, well, that's all Black Lives Matter protests or something like that. Like the way social media works is through um, metonymy, right? The idea that, oh, this represents everybody. And so it's right. kind of like, yep. oh, and so in a way, how do you fight back when the thing you're being fed is like, oh, here's the thing that reinforces your idea about the people who are against you. And this represents everybody. And so there is no space for middle ground in the platforms, at least right now, that we're engaging with. And and I don't know, where do we go to have a real conversation, like in a certain kind of way? And And, and also, again, the stakes are so incredibly, incredibly high right now. Um, that, I don't know. I just, I feel like what I was trying to do, 
I just wanted to like call all my allies on social media. I've got like now like I'm down to like 20,000 Twitter followers or something. But I just wanted to like call everybody and say, can we just talk off of Twitter and, and figure something out? You know, I've been reaching out to friends of mine who are completely on the other side of me politically. Um, I'm having conversations that for new, I don't know. It just this conversation is not going to happen on social media where we find that space you're talking about is kind of what I'm saying. No, and I think that and I think that you're right. And I have been trying to figure out like where is the space to break through. But I think that what is most important is exactly what you just articulated, that what we are seeing and what we've been seeing, right, is being manipulated. And you have to add and you know, the other post that has been going around, which is that the killing of innocent Israelis is horrific. The killing of innocent Palestinians is horrific. And when you find yourself vying with those emotions, you have to ask yourself, what is the propaganda that you're ingesting that tells you that one side's murder, you know, beheading like brutality is, you know, is worse than the than the other. And I think that what what that does is exactly what you're saying, which is moves us further in these corners away from what we share as human beings, right? Because the way for a Netanyahu to be able to execute his genocidal plan, his homicidal plan, is to embed in people around the world that Palestinians shouldn't exist that they are a given threat by birth and should be wiped from the planet. And it's just like, when you ingest that, right, and you have to look at all the ways that different communities, at least that is what I see around the world, have experienced similar dehumanization so that their, their, the, the violence that is placed against them is justifiable. And I'm like, and so we are, I feel like collectively, it's like, I, I want to send out a fucking text message that says, get off of social media, right? Like, you know, be really, really intentional about where you are going and what you are being fed and continue to ask yourself, like, where is this coming from? What am I absorbing? What am I pushing out? Because you are, to your point, Jonathan, being manipulated. I mean, think of the power of social media between Saturday and I don't know what the hell is today, Tuesday. I feel like I've lived, I haven't slept <laughs> in a long time here. Um, it's divided allies in a way. Social media is so powerful for this, right? Social power, social media is powerful for fracturing people and creating the conditions for totalitarianism, which is where we're heading. And so social media, it's just, how do you get off of social media and still engage? And I don't know, it's just, it's the, the true power of social media is something that I've been thinking about since Saturday. I mean, I don't know, I, I guess, um, I guess if I had to think of my honest responses right now, they would be twofold. Um, I mean, one is, like I understand the historical connectedness of the Palestinian struggle and the black American struggle. Like I, I think people are missing a lot of that. Like it's not like this thing was invented on Saturday or something like that. Um, 
but it's just complicated because I do feel at least on social media again, that people are oversimplifying like so many people because of social media think like Israelis are all a bunch of white people because that's all the Jews they know in the United States. Um, you know, more than half of Israelis are non-white. You've got more than yep. half a million Yemeni Jews. You've got Ethiopian Jews, Eritrean Jews. Um, so Israel is not just a bunch of white people suppressing a bunch of non-white people, which is kind of the binary that's being propagated here. Yep. And a lot of, um, you know, that's the struggle in Israel. I mean, I was there last summer uh, in a conference for um, Yemeni Israeli doctors who were pushing back on the crimes that had been committed in in the war of um, independence by white Israelis against brown Israelis. So Israel is a, is a complicated situation, but it's also really personal, right? It's a lot, it's personal for, I don't know, I guess I'm just more Jewish than I realized, um, but it's just really personal because the idea of like us having a place as a homeland that's going to protect us if the Holocaust ever happens again is just really deep for a lot of people. And so it's just a really embedded response to, to try to say that. And at the same time, I'm also realizing like, I don't take back one word I've ever said in my career. Like I, I believe in anti-racism. I believe in all the work I've ever done. I, I'm really proud of the work I've done and the alliances I've built. And I don't, I don't, ever think that because I have this feeling of like wanting there to be a safe space for like my family, that, that in a way, like my history, I've, I've always felt makes me better able to understand the work I do about studying oppression and, and injustice. And I, and, and I would say that's true for a lot of people. And so I just have to kind of come to terms with like where we're at and how do we get back to those alliances? Because I I just can't let this be the kind of polarizing crisis that is that is being constructed right now, or or we have really big problems, which is that we're all, you know, we're, it's just very dark possibility for me. Yeah, and I think that full stop. It's just a very dark existential place that the world finds itself in. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount+, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner. 
leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. It feels as if, Jonathan, and I know that you have to go, um, but the last thing that I w- will ask is that it feels as if this area of the world for many people who will never visit, right, who have only ever seen pictures, who have only ever understood um, the Middle East through the context of war, right, and and famine and refugees, and um, you've had the opportunity to visit multiple times. I was given the opportunity to visit in 2015. Um, And I had to move out of the context of the binary black and white in terms of understanding injustice because I had never seen, I, I couldn't, it was hard to process how there was so much hatred when I'm like, you all look like you come from the same family. Yeah. It is so it is so it was such as a black queer American it was so difficult it was like a mind trip because I'm like how do you even know you know like aside from your the scripture and prayer how do you even know to hate said person because you look exactly like right in terms of skin tone in terms of like it's like you know that you're all collectively from the same space and so for me understanding racism through a very black and white lens and then having to extrapolate that in discrimination and prejudice like beyond melanin right um from the from the vantage point that i have understood it my entire life um what do you offer to people who do want to tap out of social media is there any place to tap into that you are using, if even if it's a book, if it's somebody's other podcast, if it is something um, that people can use as a resource. Well, let me just riff off of something you've just said, which I think is so important and so difficult, and not in any way, um, in any any way, a critique, honestly. But uh, you know, I, I, I've lived in Israel for years of my life, different years of my life. I. Um, I was a physician for Israel-Palestine Physicians for Human Rights. I've spent a lot of time on the quote-unquote West Bank. I've spent, um, uh, I've spent, I've spent a lot of time in that region in in my life. And I will tell you that race functions in a very different way. That in a way, the irony of all of this is that Israelis have much more in common culturally with Palestinians than they do with American Jews. Um, and that's again, because half the population of Israel are people who escaped from Egypt or Yemen or, um, Syria or other places like that. And so in a way it just, if you're going to take us race categories, which are 
white oppressor and black resistance, it just, it, race functions very differently in other parts of the world. And that's true in Brazil, for example, it's true in Africa. Um, and it's also true in the Middle East. And so in a way, um, how do you, how do you think about that? And I guess it just leaves us with an ethical question, which is if people are going to say, well, people, I mean, I'm going to say people of color who are Israeli, are they white by the nature of being Israeli or are they Yemeni or Syrian or whatever their ancestry is in a way? Um, and if that's the case, I just, I personally can't go there because that means that then we're all Trump supporters or, you know, I mean, we're all right, right. white by the nature of being American. And I just right. don't think we would ever make that argument. You know, we're all oath keepers or something like that. And that's also true for the Palestinians, right? That there are yep. many Palestinians who are oppressed by Hamas and, 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 um, and so in a way it's just, it's just like, I don't know, maybe now the stakes are so high, maybe now's not the time to be having that conversation in a way. Um, but there just have been so many natural alliances that are risked when we, when we, I don't know, I'm just, I've been having this conversation with some colleagues of mine here because they're arguing that anti-blackness is universal. Um, and, and I, and I maybe, maybe I would have supported that more last week. And I, I do think anti-blackness is probably universal, but I would also say, um, I don't know. It just feels like a very decontextual argument for me in a certain kind of way. So these conversations are hard. I mean, in a way, these conversations are hard. I've been having conversations with people who completely don't agree with me, but I do think that, I don't know, we just got to work together to figure out some kind of shared conversation or, um, or, or again, it's going to lead us to a place where all of our historic alliances that we've worked so hard to build are going to be, co-opted by agendas that are exactly the thing we've been fighting against. Yep. A hundred percent. Jonathan, as always, I thank you so much for your time, for your insight, um, and for always making space um, for Woke AF and this audience, um, particularly right now. So thank you. Let's please keep talking, everybody. I mean, it's so urgent right now. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF. As always, as always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G dot com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.